welcome to Walking in Faith with Bishop Daly. I'm Bishop Tom Daly, the seventh bishop of the Diocese of Spokane here in Eastern Washington State. We have two guests here um, who are joining us, and I appreciate that. Um, it's a project that uh, involves Catholic art, and which is a way to evangelize, I suppose, as the early church. Um, I know that uh, young people, especially little grammar school kids, ask, why do we have stained glass windows? And we used to say, well, that was the way to, uh, the best way to teach people who may not have had a great education to see the work of Christ, the work of God, and, and artwork. So, first, a little bit your names, something about yourself, uh, where are you from, and, and um, uh, Thorny Grace, and how that serves the church. Um, so I'm Ailish Kirvin. Um, I am one of five of the Thornhill girls from Pasco, um, and I'm here with my sister. I'm Kira Vanderboom. Um, and we started Thorny Grace um, as, like you said, a way kind of to evangelize. Um, we're all very artistic, and so we thought this was a great way to kind of combine our, um, our skills and art with our passion, which is the Catholic Church and our faith and um, a couple of things. Brian Doyle is one of our big um, inspirations and we'll probably talk about him a little bit later. Um, but um, we all went to Catholic school our whole lives. Um, I'm teaching in a Catholic school now. Um, so we all kind of wanted a way to, to continue with that um, aspect of our, our lives. And this was kind of the way to do it. Are you, are you born and raised in Pasco or? Yes, yep. we were, yep. Did you go to, to St. Patrick's? We went yep. to St. Patrick's and then to Tri-Cities Prep, and then we all went off to Catholic colleges for the most part. Very good. I think we, you must know then, of course, uh, Father Barnett. We do, yes. Yeah. We're and Father Atriste. Yes, we went to school with Father Atriste. <laughs> yes, yeah, he does a lot for both of you, a lot for our diocese. Um, so that's great. I mean, attesting to uh, the role that your family and, and uh, Catholic education played. Um, about art, you know, it, at times uh, people forget that they, or they think that the, the best years of art in the church were centuries ago. This is something very relevant. How uh, were, you, were you art majors in college or were you gifted artists as, as, as kids or? Um, we actually- Don't be humble. Uh, we didn't really take art classes in college. I think my sister and I both took a painting class here or there, but um, our paternal grandfather is an artist by trade and he taught art school and um, he's, you know, been a big member of his church painting banners and kind of liturgical things there. Um, and then our father got um, kind of the skill there too. He became an architect. Um, he designed a bunch of the buildings in the Tri-Cities. Um, and then we all kind of got it too in, in different ways. Um, so our older sister does kind of calligraphy. Um, I do more digital art. Kira is really graphics. graphics. She's got an eye for marketing and um, Moira, our younger sister, doesn't really know what she wants to do yet, but mm -hmm. she kind of dabbles in everything. And then our youngest sister, Sinead, um, does painting as well. So Got that. Who, who, um, is there one in the family? Is there a little competition between the sisters as to who is the most gifted artist? Or <laughs> a little I, bit. I, think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we could compete on an even playing field because we all kind of do our our own different mm -hmm. things. But there's definitely some competition. <laughs> Good. Is, is there a brother in the family or? No brothers. Nope. 
right, so no one to terrorize. Very good. Well, we, um, we started getting married, so we've got a few boys in the family now, but nobody to terrorize us in our youth. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thorny Grace is the company. How did you um, come, up with, come up with that name? What's the origin of it and uh, the inspiration? So there's a Brian Doyle book called The Thorny Grace of It, and there's a like a essay, I guess, of one of his essays, and it just talks about kind of the little things in life and the, how it's the, they are the thorny grace of life. And so we kind of took our last name, our Thornhill is our maiden name, a lot of us. Um, so we kind of took a play on words on that and just made it thorny grace. Sorry. Tell us about Brian Doyle, because I think uh, my, uh, my cousin's daughter is a graduate of uh, University of Portland and a nursing major and works actually at St. Vincent's in, in Portland. And um, I can't remember exactly when she may have graduated, uh, uh, but um, I know that having read the, the magazine for the University of Portland, when it used to come into the Archbishop's office and uh, it would be passed on a little bit, tell us something about Brian Dwight. I know he's he passed away, but um, something about that for a listening audience. Yeah, so um, we have all considered um, ourselves his biggest fans since we really started going to University of Portland back in 2009 when my sister went there. Um, and we've considered him our his stalkers, kind of, um, because we are so obsessed with him. Um, Kira, I think, has read about everything he's written, um, just as part of our marketing scheme too but um he was really amazing and he kind of was of the philosophy that everything is a prayer um everything can be a prayer um kind of looking for the extraordinary in the ordinary um and that's really what we've tried to do a little bit with our business too um so modeling our business off of him um kind of his influence on us um was really important and so that's kind of it's a nod to our 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 heritage, our artistic heritage, and kind of this nod to Brian Doyle, who we really um, admired and respected. Um, and he gave us kind of this philosophy of, of seeing prayer in everything. What, um, how long ago did he pass away? He was diagnosed with a brain tumor um, in, I think, 2017 or 2016. Um, and they didn't know about it for a while. And yeah. um, so he, it was, um, he kind of went into it, obviously, knowing the end, um, and it kind of enriched, I think, a lot of the writing that he did towards the end, too, um, just because he had that kind of awareness. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, we really appreciated kind of his philosophy on things. What, um, what type of uh, artwork um, might uh, our listening audience who might be interested in? What, first of all, what, what is... Uh, what uh, are you most proud of? Uh, has it developed over over the years? Uh, you know, they talk about the early works of certain <laughs> artists, and then by the end, uh, it became something different. I I know that uh, it was um, Rembrandt's. I think the Prodigal Son and one, the early one. It is the focus is on the uh, I think on the son, and then the later one is on the father. You know, and maybe as he developed more, the emphasis. So, have you seen number one? How long have you been doing this? Uh, has there been any change? What are you again your your uh, your favorite projects? Um, tell us a lot about Thorny Grace and how the Catholic community uh, might enjoy uh, your your works. 
So we've only actually been doing this for a little over a year. So um, we're pretty new. Um, so I'm sure we'll get better as we kind of go on. But I'd say that since I'm here and <laughs> I can talk about my own work, um, I am a teacher as well um, in Catholic schools. And I've always liked to start my class with um, a prayer, obviously, because that's kind of our our thing in Catholic schools. Um, but I started doing Saint of the Day, and I like to accompany the Saint of the Day information with a picture. And I kind of noticed that there weren't very many pictures of these saints or not very clear ones or updated ones. Um, and so I kind of took that on and I started doing kind of saint icons or saint um, images. And I try to include everything I can about the saint um, in image. So if they have a symbol, um, I try to include that in the picture as well. And I've definitely improved. We've started yeah. posting some updated ones from a year ago. Um, so that's been my kind of proud um, artwork moment. But we've got a lot of prayers on the website, calligraphy mm -hmm. that my sister does. Paintings. Um, some paintings. Mm -hmm. Kira has started doing some um, really pretty graphic work um, from the prayers. Yeah. Like you've got a good um, guardian angel. Mm -hmm. graphic um who are some of your favorite saints um my my all-time is michael the archangel um that was another prayer i would do in school with my students um but i i've learned to love a lot of them actually um i'm i seem to always be doing research on these saints and yeah. um yeah they're they're fun to find out about what uh, where do you teach st pat's Hey, what grade? I teach middle school, uh, the writing, uh, writing classes. How long have you been teaching there? Uh, just some, since September. Oh, good. Yeah. Very good. Um, what about, uh, here, what about you? So you're in the prayers. What, uh, tell us a little bit, a favorite prayer you have or, uh, you know? Um, well, I've just, just kind of started dabbling in that, in the, like getting some more artwork on our site this year, just to have some new, um products out so i just finished a little breastplate of saint patrick like the part that like a part of it that's not as common as the may the road rise to meet you mm -hmm. um and then we have a saint michael the archangel that i just got up and um part of the angel of god i love the part that's to light to guard to rule to guide mm -hmm. so i just made a little graphic of just those four words um kind just to kind in. of focus in Okay. A simple thing to see on your wall to just kind of remember that that's what your guardian guardian angel is there for. So, how about your other sisters? What are they doing? Something similar? Are they in advertising and research? Are they? Uh, what what are, the, what are the, your sisters doing in relation to, to this? Here is really the the brains I would say behind mm -hmm. all of this. Um, everything you see on our kind of outward. Our social media is all Kira. Um, we all do the reflections, but Kira is the one that comes up with the quotes to reflect on um, and stuff like that. So that's really um, Kira's domain, I would say. Lots of reading. Yeah. Um, I do the saints, like I said. So those are um, every couple days, I would say, um, mm -hmm. whenever their feast days come up. And then um, our older sister, Fiona, does a lot of calligraphy work. Um, and she's actually... Um, been busy this year with custom orders so when people want something specific um, for a baptism or for their their new grandbaby's wall um, she is has been working really hard on those and then um, our sister Moira hasn't 
done too much yet except for the reflecting because she hasn't quite found what she her yeah her niche what she likes to do and plus she's been very busy she's a travel nurse mm-hmm. um and then the youngest Sinead um has been doing some painting um so she actually does the, did the one behind us on this wall um but she does a lot of more acrylic um painting mm-hmm. and well, we're gonna take a break and when we come back we're we're um being able to to experience something that we don't hear much about and that is kind of contemporary art though drawing for the rich heritage of our catholic faith welcome back on bishop daly and we have uh two of the five sisters Elish and kira mm-hmm. um, from pasco originally uh and there now and thorny grace is company that uh, is Catholic art. And we don't hear much about more contemporary Catholic art, but you're drawing upon the uh, rich heritage of the church. So um, maybe something about how art is a form of evangelization. How do we teach people at a time when there are so many visual images out there between the internet and other things, but what would you see as as, as your artwork as it pertains to evangelization? Yeah. Um, well, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, I have kind of really delved into the lives of the saints, um, and um, I try to really depict them as they were. So I do a lot of research on what people look like from the region where they where they lived and um, kind of the clothing that they might have worn. Um, I do a lot with symbolism. So, um, you know, if they were a martyr, I try to include a symbolism of their martyrdom, which is sometimes gruesome, but um, we try to do it in kind of a, a tasteful way. Um, so either they're wearing red or they're, they've got a palm leaf um, because those are both symbols of martyrdom. Um, but just kind of trying to include as much in there that can relate to their lives as, as possible. Um, and that's been really helpful because we will post the saints on our social media along with the bio. And we get comments from people all the time um, that say, oh, I never knew this, or it's so interesting to learn about these saints. And, and you know, I think of that as a way of teaching people something they would never have read about otherwise, which is I, really helpful, I think. Um, and, and, then, and then yeah. another thing we do is every Sunday, our sister Fiona does a calligraphy quote of something from the gospel, like a mm-hmm. quote from the gospel. And one of us reflects on that each week and we post it. And it just kind of gives people another way to relate to the gospel or to think about the gospel if they haven't thought about it that way. Yeah, um, we call it a Sunday scripture snapshot. Um, so it's it's kind of our take on the gospel. Um, and it's, we really liked doing it during kind of the whole pandemic situation. Um, when people weren't really being able to go to mass as much in person anyway, um, because it was a way to kind of experience the gospel if they didn't, weren't able to that day. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. You bring about researching what the saints look like. Mm -hmm. There's a certain cathedral in the West that are remain nameless, but, um, (laughs) They are uh, noted for these uh, tapestries, and I visited it once. And I, people commented on how much they liked it. I found it to be um, um, 
not authentic. I, I went to a, a Christian brother, De La Salle Christian Brothers School. I knew what John Baptist De La Salle looked like. Uh, we know what St. Vincent de Paul looked like. I went to grade school and we had the picture of St. Vincent de Paul. The tapestries are basically Hollywood people. Um, you know, uh, I think one of the saints seemed extraordinarily well-fed compared to what he was <laughs> And uh, another one had a mullet. I don't think the mullet was popular in France in that period of time, but um, it just, and then it was explained to me, well, no, this is the modern way to show the lives of the saints today. Um, whether that, you know, that like the thought was, what are we going to look like when we're in heaven? And then this, I guess it was Thomas Aquinas said, well, we're going to all look 33. Now, if we look great at 33 in the year that Jesus, you know, his age when he was crucified, um, but some people maybe don't look that great at 33. So I think this kind of this uh, creative way of dealing with the saints, I always found to be troubling. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so, I mean, um, have you been, as you do this research, have you you kept uh, and looked at other artwork that, that maybe replaced, uh, in the time there wasn't photography, um, you kept, you think, authentic to what the saint looked like, or have you done, have you dabbled with your own uh, creativity? Yeah, I try to I try to keep it mostly consistent. Um, you know, sometimes I just have to look at at um, for inspiration people that live in the area. So, you know, I I try to draw from real life. I try not to make them look too glamorous. <laughs> um, you know, if if they if they did most of their ministry when they were older, um, then I drew them at that stage of life. Um, so. Vincent de Paul, for example, um, is depicted as an older man. Um, I do a lot of Irish saints because that's a lot of what we're interested in. So Declan of Ardmore is pretty old. Um, so there, yeah, I try to, I try to kind of stick to, to whatever, um, how, how we know them. Um, but maybe I beautify them a little bit. How <laughs> did, um, uh, yeah, with the straight teeth, you know, and things like that. How <laughs> uh, did, um, um, were there, well, have you discovered something in your research that you found so very surprising in some of the saints? Or... Um, I think a lot of the surprising thing is how young a lot of the saints were, you know, um, uh, Maria Goretti was very young when she died, um, and kind of her history was, um, surprising, you know, um, she, her whole thing was forgiveness of her attacker um so there are just i think some of those the things that they went through is very surprising and i and i note in a lot of the bios that i write that um you know i seem to write the phrase that um this saint faced tragedy early in their life as many of the saints have done you know they all seem to have um or most of them seem to have lost a parent early in life or had some other tragedy befall them um that didn't knock them down. It kind of helped them to, you know, um, grow stronger in their faith, which I think is very um, surprising and inspiring. Yeah. yeah. Or how about uh, any gospel passages uh, that uh, are your favorite passages when you're doing uh, the uh, scriptural Sunday scripture snapshots, anything? Um, not that I can recall right now, but I just did finish reading The Interior Castle by St. Teresa of Avila. And I know that at the beginning of that book, she kept just saying like, I don't know what you want me to write, God. So 
you do it. Like you're going to work through me, I guess. And I found that very surprising because she seems like in all of the quotes that I've seen of hers in the prayers, it's very profound. And then she says this at the beginning of the book. And it was very surprising to me that she sounded so much like my sisters and I do when we're writing our reflections and we're like, I have no clue what to write. Mm -hmm. So try to fix this or, yeah. you know, can you make this sound better? <laughs> you find, um, obviously you can see, which is a great ministry. Um, are you surprised that this has been so inspiring to you? I mean, uh, imagine raising kids, right? That takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And yeah. still finding time to be inspired by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it definitely, I mean, you have to definitely set some time to do this, um, especially if it's this important to us. Um, I just had a baby in December, so that's definitely um, shown me how I need to, you know, arrange my time. Um, but we have, uh, Kira kind of had the idea to include our husbands in our reflections lately um, to kind of get a male perspective. Um, we're very obviously female heavy in this company, the five of us. Um, so we have started reaching out to our husbands and um, we're going to start reaching out to some of our uncles and cousins um, to see about kind of a more uh, male perspective in our reflections too. So um, with the month of March, we focused on fatherhood. And so, um, yeah, and then you want to talk about and that then, a little bit? Yeah, so we're just trying to kind of focus our months after maybe, so like April is St. Gianna, um, and so we're kind of focusing on mothers and pregnancy and miscarriages and nurses and doctors, um, and just kind of trying to bring a focus so that we can look for that in our daily lives, too, and kind of reflect on those moments of motherhood or in March we focused on fathers so we just kind of thought a lot about our fathers because of St. Joseph it, his feast day being in March um so yeah it just kind of helps draw focus to everything and so that we're not just all over the place yeah so it's not just a random reflection but that it's got a purpose and a and a name yeah how can um how do you think you're your art can help us relate to the saints? Um, I think by showing that you have some things in common with them, I think, you know, um, if if you've lost a, a mother early in life, you can draw from um, a saint who has also had that happen and see um, how you can also be drawn to sainthood. Um, I just recently spoke to my students about um, oh, blessed... Um, Carlo, um, who is a modern day saint, right? He was um, entombed in a pair of jeans. Um, and so kind of the message is that anyone can be a saint. You just have to um, want it, I guess. Um, so I think that was kind of a, a big selling point is that um, some saints were died when they were 14 or 16 and they still achieved sainthood. Um, and I think that that's you know, something we all should strive for. Um, but maybe we just need a little help getting Especially there. With our young <laughs> you know, it's interesting when it comes to the saints, um, most of the time the women saints were holy most of their life. Yeah. The men are the ones who kind of had to, you know, went off the rails at some right. point. Um, and I think that's something that um, I think our young people, a lot of times saints, 
in the fifth grade in the grade schools is Catholic grade schools. It's usually time when the saints get the emphasis. I, I know there was a daughter of charity said the great thing about teaching fifth grade is, and I think it's probably still true, is there's a certain level of innocence. Now, cell phones may have corrupted that, but um, <laughs> there's still a desire for fifth graders to, to, to want to follow Christ. And I think if you can have them relate to a saint, I know typically boys always like martyrs. You know, the graphic, like Isaac Job and Jean Brebeuf having their ears chewed off. And, and um, but um, there were certain saints that, uh, that could be, have young people be reminded about the fact that everybody, as you said, we're, we're, we're capable of sainthood. And uh, the great definition of a saint is someone who knows he or she's a sinner and a sinner is someone who thinks they're a saint. So um, that, that, is, that is tremendous. Um, I know in our diocese of Spokane, there are many parishes that um, are, are named in honor of our Blessed Mother. Uh, but um, if I was to build uh, a new parish, I have to uh, decide what, um, Maybe Pasco will be the place for the new parish. To, to what yeah. saint, and we could commission the artwork. There we uh, go. <laughs> we love for it. those in our listening audience, uh, how do they access Thorny Grace? We have um, kind of all the social medias. Um, our website is thornygrace.com. Um, and then you can find us on Instagram at, at Thorny, Thorny Grace, Grace. Facebook, Thorny Facebook Grace. at Thorny Grace. And Etsy. Yep, we, we kind of got the got all the things we wanted on that yeah. <laughs> well I, I want to thank you for your time uh Eilish and Cora right Kira, yeah, Kira. Yeah. these are all <laughs> Irish names and um and just uh, you can promise me that when you when you're all famous that uh, you remember the diocese of Spokane absolutely uh, especially when we have to open a new parish and yes definitely <laughs> thanks very much for your time and it's been great talking to you and maybe when I come down to Pasco for something I will uh, I will see you then Yes, yeah, sounds good. God bless. Thank you again. Walking in Faith with Bishop Dalen is a production of the Catholic Diocese of Spokane. Walking in Faith is produced and edited by Mitchell Palmquist. It can be heard on Sacred Heart Radio, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcasting apps.